Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast presented by DraftKings and DraftKings Sportsbook, which, by the way, is where you should place your bets for the NFL Draft. It is probably the single best betting opportunity I'm aware of. You heard Steve Fezzik say that last week on the Even Money podcast. Evan Silva will actually join us. My old buddy from the Fantasy Feast podcast tomorrow on the Even Money podcast to break down his NFL draft prop bets. Make sure you listen or watch the Even Money podcast tomorrow. Today is wrapping up our positional series with my guy Emery Hunt. Nobody watches as much tape as my guy Emery Hunt. I absolutely love going over all of this stuff with him. You need to check him out on Twitter, at FBallGamePlan. You need to follow his YouTube page. Subscribe to it. Football Game Plan on YouTube. I'm YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And, of course, the draft guide. It's not too late, is it, Emery? Never too late. Because, think, this thing is it, – it, it's a keepsake, number one, because it's history. But also, it'll last you throughout the whole season. That's a great point. The whole year, as rookies play or don't, you'll be able to look back and be like, oh, okay, yeah, Emery was right about that guy. Maybe Emery wasn't right about that guy. Whatever. Or they're not using him the way Emery said he should be used. They're not playing him in the position Emery said he should be playing in. Which, by the way, Emery, it's digital. So these people could get it today, tomorrow, Wednesday. I mean, heck, they could get it Thursday. It's digital. You get it, like... Explain how it works when you order it. When you order it and when you go through PayPal and you put your email in, make sure you use an email that you check. Um, It goes right to your email. And also be sure to check your spam folder so you get it right away. And it's a PDF copy. I've had a lot of people email say, uh, I ordered it uh, a month ago. When does it ship? Did I use the right address? Like, hey, man. At no point did I tell you it's a physical book. If it was a physical book, I'd have to charge you 700 bucks for this physical book. Um, but it's a PDF copy, online only, digital copy, full color, and it's perfect for you to have at your disposal. Like I said, all year round. I found myself looking at my 2020 guide, and uh, the one last year was like, wow. Combined, you have over 2,200 scouting reports. So if anyone within the last three years gets signed, you have – access to who they are, what they bring to the table, and what they can possibly do. And you can print it out. Like, if you really want a hard physical copy, I mean, you need a lot of paper, <laughs> but you you can print it out. So, footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide. Can't emphasize this enough. We're going to break down the secondary today. But here's why that matters. We've done every other position group. So, there's absolutely no excuse for you to not go back and listen or watch youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL or watch any of the old episodes to hear about the front seven, hear O-line, tight ends, wide receivers, running backs. Get Emery's lowdown on basically, it becomes like his top four or five guys 
at every position. He puts him in certain categories, which I like. Today we've got boundary corner, field corner, slot corner, free safety, strong safety, combo safety. And by the way, I don't know. Let me take a step back. There are definitely teams that identify guys as slot corners. There, I'm talking about NFL teams. Definitely teams that identify a guy as a free safety, a guy as a strong safety, and a guy as a combo safety. Do you know NFL teams, Emery? I know they look at guys as more like zone safeties or man safeties, but because the hash marks are different in the NFL than college, college, they're either a boundary corner or a field corner. People don't even realize that. That's what they play because of the hash marks in college football. In the NFL, do you think that they identify them as that at all, Emery, or no? No, and, and, and that's a great point you brought up about the hash marks. I've been echoing that point for, for ages, that that changes how people view things. That And guys, the quarterbacks that can't deal with pressure is because the hash marks are closer, the pressure comes faster. And if you can't deal with pressure in college, you damn sure not going to be able to deal with pressure in the pro game. Um, and you're right in terms of the hash, so you're going to have boundary and field. What I do when I, you know, grade guys and and try to project them to the next level in terms of boundary field guy. When I say boundary, it's kind of like when I say split in, right? It's a it's the corner that you can line up with no safety help and just let him just go. You know, just he's a, probably a, a better press corner. He's probably a great man to man guy or someone that's physical enough to hold his own in man to man coverage. Uh, he's good with his hands. You know, those are the guys I kind of see as boundary guys. Now, a field guy can have elements of a boundary guy, but the field guy, to me, is much more athletic because they have to cover a little bit more ground. You can trust him with or without a safety, but a lot of times this is a guy that can that plays off coverage rather well um, but also can turn and run with anyone. Now, again, the NFL game is played in the middle of the field, so essentially both corners are going to have to be able to do a lot of the same things. But when I break it down from boundary to field, using the college, you know, uh, how they are used in college, but I see boundary as more of, hey, this is our number one corner. Field corner is usually our number two corner, but but, uh, your field can also be your number one, and it's also probably a little bit more athletic than the guy that I have on a boundary, similar to what I say when when I use uh split in and flanker your flanker is your more explosive guy you split in is your bona fide number one but a lot of times your flanker i.e jerry rice can just be just that all right well let's dive into it and we'll start with your number one boundary corner and that's kyer elam from florida long athletic great press skills you watch him against alabama i thought he had a fantastic game against Jamison Williams and company. This is someone that that has the fluidity of a 5'10 corner, but he's 6'1". So he's able to, you know, play with good pad levels, stay low, uh, mirror and match well. His press skills are phenomenal. I'm surprised we're not talking about him more so at the top of the draft as opposed to where people are having him slated or slotted, uh, you know, somewhere around the mid part or late part of the first round, maybe even second round. I just think his tape is really good. He's consistent no matter who they play. He has good press technique, good technical role, and just is an outstanding, you know, man-to-man cover guy. And you can't have, you know, enough of those guys out there in your secondary. 
Um, on the other side, uh, the field corner, you have your top field corner being Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU. It's the ball skills and the athleticism that that pushes him at the top, man. When you're able to effectively catch the football at the same rate as the opposing receiver, I want you in my secondary. You know, you're a legit game changer. To me, that's what makes a true lockdown corner. It's not the, the coverage skills and the ability to, you know, play with great technique. It's the fact that if I throw it your way, you have just as much of a chance to catch the football as my receiver, so I'm not going to throw it your way. You know, that to me is a lockdown corner. It has nothing to do with size or coverage ability. It's, man, how can this dude, t- can this dude take the ball away? And So we got to avoid him. So someone like Stingley can definitely do that. It, now that he has checked out medically on a positive side, that's a great thing for him, which is why you're starting to hear his name be talked about more so in a you know, higher parts of the draft uh, as opposed to prior to his pro day. But Stingley is a fantastic football player, outstanding instincts, athleticism, and ball skills. What do you make of his last two years, Emery? There's been a lot. Obviously, he was tremendous as a true freshman. Last two years, played 10 games. And even when he did play, people will suggest he did not play at the same level. Right. And you wonder if last or this past season was he dealing with an injury and how significant was it? Was he trying to play through it? Uh, was he hurt later or earlier? But I feel like the year prior, he was still a very good corner. Teams shied away from him in 2020, I believe. Um, And so this year, it was just, hey, you don't know if he's, how hurt was he or is he? Um, And now we saw him miss those games because of the injury and, you know, the list, Frank, you worry about that. But I'm not too much worried about him on the field because we've seen him at the elite level and I know health permitting he can get back to that or will be at that when he steps on the field as a rookie so a couple names I want to throw at you because you don't have them listed either boundary or field at least not number one everybody talks about uh, Ahmad Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati as the number one corner is he more boundary or field for you and uh, is there something you don't like about him or is there some reason why he's not ranked number one no he's a he's a number two boundary guy and he's one point behind Kyrie Elam he I have an 84 grade on him Elam I have an 85 I feel like Gardner at times can be a little bit too reliant on his press ability and that could cause an issue if if you have a guy at receiver that's fantastic at releases and avoiding someone's punch or initial punch and press then he could be in a, a bit of a bind uh, and, and obviously the frame, you know, size is not a skill, but you, you still have to wonder how can he add more to his frame? Um, and I do think he can get up to that. I, I know he's listed at 190. It looks like 175. And I'd be interested to see what he was when he got to, to Cincinnati because to get up to where he is now, you know, he had to add some weight. So if he can just get up to about 200, I feel like that can help him out long-term. Uh, but for the most part, it's just about, you know, little minor tweaks here and there by his technique in terms of, you know, being a little bit too reliant on his press. What about Trent McDuffie? I'm curious where, where you slot him in. McDuffie to me, and I can tell you right now, I feel like McDuffie is more of a, uh, have him as a slot guy, but both corners, Trent McDuffie and also Molden. I, I want to say, no, uh, Taylor Gordon, Gordon, Watching the those two Washington corners, I'm like, 
you know, they can play, but I didn't see first round, you know, and it just kind of, and that's something usually I give myself three games. Um, but I had to take another game to watch both of them just to figure out, you know, what am I missing? You know, and if it, and that's the, the part that eventually got to me, like if I'm trying to find what I'm missing, then something's missing. Right. So I have him as a solid guy, maybe like a second round type pick. Um, but I see him, I see him at Duffy as a slot guy. He, you know, sometimes he can get out muscled and get out physical in, in terms and in, in routes. And, you know, that's not a, that's not a good trait to have, but that's somewhere he has to get better. Um, and I feel like the suddenness isn't where it needs to be. He's not like what we saw from Elijah Molden or these other guys that came out of Washington. I feel like we kind of, you know, uh, helmet scout these guys to where you just assume. Now, granted, they've have a, they have a great track record. So there's, and I've said on this show, sight unseen, certain players you can just go and grab. Husky defenders would be those guys. But, you know, I feel like they are more, this group is more along the lines of uh, Sidney Jones as opposed to Marcus Peters and, you know, the Elijah Moldens, you know? You mentioned, we talked about where you had him slotted in. Let's get to the slot corner, a guy I'm a big fan of, and that's Marcus Jones from Houston. You gave him an 84. That's the same grade as Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley. Yeah, he is elite in terms of the return game. So he's your day one core special teamer. And he's not this high because of his returnability. That's the icing on the cake. You know, that's the added alcohol volume in the daddy soda. You know, that's just perfect, right? So it's the cover skills that just makes him phenomenal in in the slot because he's a shorter guy. And the knock I have on him, he tends to get a little bit out-muscled on routes. But, man, when he can plant and close and accelerate on the ball, it's, it's Daryl Green-like in terms of that slant is going the other way. You know, he can really drive and just explode and just, take the ball away. He's also not afraid to run up there and tackle. Um, so he helps protect you in that regard. And his, his ability just to accelerate and close is, is really what brings out the best in his game. Um, and he also has a knack of making a big play when you need him to make the big play. So big fan of Marcus Jones. And I don't care if he was five, 11, five, eight, five, one, this dude has the, the, the fluidity, the explosiveness, the acceleration, the ball skills that you want out there inside. Yeah, I mean, I, I did his last regular season game against UConn. He led the country in interceptions and return touchdowns. That's pretty good, man. I mean, interceptions and return touchdowns. He had four return touchdowns this year. Nine for his career. Nine. And you know people weren't kicking it to him that much. I mean, it's just, it's unreal. Every time he got it, you thought he was going to take it to the house. It was it was amazing. Um, speaking of amazing, by the way, right now, if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code ROSS, you can bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. It should probably be the Sixers, by the way, just so you know. This little, little editorial comment there. That's promo code Ross at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And I already told you about betting on the NFL draft and why you should listen or watch Even Money Podcast. All right, 
Let's get to Sadie's Emery. By the way, your your tweet yesterday about the the pre-draft cycle was amazing. If you're not following Emery on social media, you are missing out. Uh, There's just no other way to go about it. He's hilarious. I like his interaction with listeners where he's like, say less or whatever. But you, there, there is a cycle every year, Emery. Like you weren't let, like the cycle of the pre-draft process. Let me see if I can pull it up. Deepest draft class ever. That's 75 first round locks. 45 top 10 locks. Combine doesn't matter. Teams are looking to trade up in round one. Combine matters. Teams are looking to trade out of round one. Only three guys worth round one. Next year's class is better. Every year. Every year. It's it's funny, Emery, because it's true. Um, one of the guys I feel like fits that category is a safety we're going to talk about. And that's a guy. Um, he's your number one ranked free safety, Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. Yeah, it's funny to watch this. Remember how, I want to say, October, or maybe after the Florida State game. Yes. Kyle, Kyle Hamilton was going number one overall, remember? Houston Texans, Kyle Hamilton, number one, book it. You know, now, I don't know if he's a first-rounder. Like, you know what I'm It's like ridiculous, man. I love the fact that this dude has great game speed. And, I, and that ties into the point where combine doesn't matter. And as we were talking about this with Kyle Hamilton – in the middle of the season, oh, best dude is outstanding, elite prospect. He runs a four six. Combine matters, man. Like that four six is, you know, is, is crazy. Like, but wait a minute, you just saw him. You, the one play you highlight about Kyle Hamilton is a play for Florida State where he gets from the far hash to the sideline to make an intercept. Now because he ran a forty in Indianapolis, now he can't have the same range that you just showed us over and over, over again on the highlight. So I feel like it's over-evaluation of Kyle Hamilton. He can play. He's a really good football player, good instincts. That's what shows you his his quote-unquote speed on tape. Now, he may not be as agile as, you know, you would want a defensive back to be, but he's also 6'4", 220. And he could probably carry another 15 pounds and be 230, uh, 235. So I feel like he's a, a really good prospect. And I, I use this comparison uh, to, to – to, get people like he's not explosive like a Sean Taylor was he has more game speed like a Ed Reed has so yeah you could you worry about the the deep speed but the game speed is what matters and he has good game speed um but the agility is what kind of you worry about you know but again when you're asking him to play deep third he plays that I think better than anybody in his draft class so give me an example of where the agility hurts him Let's say if you find yourself in a situation where he has to play man coverage and you're playing safety and you he and a receiver has a two-way go and he oversells or oversets on one route thinking, okay, he's about to go to the corner and his receiver breaks to the post, it's a wrap. You know, it's, you know and that's I feel like that could be with anybody. Um, but for him, also out in space, when you have to quickly change direction, you go back to the Notre Dame-Florida State game when Jay Sean Corbin – uh, had the 90-yard touchdown run. You know, one of the guys he ran past was Kyle Hamilton. I feel like if he took a, a more assertive angle, and if he he saw himself drifting toward a bad angle, 
and couldn't quickly reassess, readjust, and redirect, that's another sign of the agility is a little bit, you know, too thick in my opinion to where like uh, you would think someone of an elite level would have been able to quickly make that adjustment and change his path to make that tackle on Corbin, but he couldn't really make the, the, the adjustment. And it shows you again, you know, the agility that may be a bit of a question mark. So just out of curiosity, could anybody see Kyle as a strong safety? I mean, he's big, He's a good tackler. He's good in the box. I know we have the video of him doing a good job with range in the deep middle of the field, but I don't know, man. Back in the day, he used to be a strong – I mean, you're 6'4", 220. You're going to be a strong safety, it feels like. Yeah, and his teammate is almost like his teammate played the same role as Kyle Hamilton. His name uh, draws a blank right now, but it was like the teammate was the outside linebacker and – Sometimes you saw him and Hamilton float in between the two. So, yeah, a team could definitely view him as an outside, you know, nickelbacker or, you know, quote-unquote combo safety or a strong safety. So the fact is, you like I said before with uh, Iki Aquanu, whether some people view him as a tackle or a guard, you want the talent. And for Hamilton, wherever you view him, you just want that talent in your secondary. Let's get to strong safety. Now, this is a guy, you know, it's funny. We all have, like, I don't remember that much that I learned at Princeton, Emory. <laughs> but I really don't. I But I remember I remember how they taught you how to learn, right? Like, they taught you how to make an argument, how to defend it, how to be prepared for the counter-argument, and then be able to refute the counter-argument. They also told you, Make sure you take into account anything you consume, the inherent biases of the person that's doing it, right? I like physicality. I I like dudes that bring the wood. So I love Lewis scene. Like to me, I'd be a terrible D coordinator, right? Because I'm taking Lewis scene to run the alley and blow people to smithereens and I'm not as worried about the coverage stuff, which means my team probably loses Emory because I got a couple of guys like Seen who they say, I guess, aren't as good in coverage. But, boy, you better hold on to the ball when this guy comes. I mean, if you look like a heat-seeking missile on this year's Georgia team, then you're really doing something. Man, that's a fantastic point you brought up about the, the biases because I feel like – from my perspective on offense, I'd ha- my three receiver set would be all Brandon Lloyd's because I'm a big sucker for laying out for receptions, athleticism, diving for footballs, showing an effort. Everything else be damned. You know, say I, I may not get any separation. I may not get you know consistently open or whatnot, but we're gonna catch the football. Um, and, and so we may not be best in a two minute hurry up situation, but you're right. And for seeing, watching him, you just – it instantly brought me back to Greg Blue, who was the same type of safety for Georgia back when Thomas Davis was a safety before, you know, he moved to linebacker in the NFL. Blue was the same type. He wore number 17. He went over the middle of the field, and he would knock the, the numbers off the back of your jersey. That's how hard it hits you, right? But the problem with Blue and, you know, now I saw was seen. Seen is great in the alley, great going downhill, great – in terms of separating man from ball. But 
when play action happens and this man has to hit the, hit the brakes. Like he's going to be hitting the brakes so hard that it's like going to be a, it's going to be like a cartoon where the rug behind him is going to be following him behind and pulling up cuz he had to slam on the brakes with how aggressive he was going downhill. And I feel like he has to be a little bit more, you know, uh judicious in when to, you know, crash downhill aggressively and be cognizant of what's going on behind him. So you really can't trust him in a deep third situation. He's more of a split field safety or playing more of a traditional strong safety role. Fantastic player. He's my number one strong safety. Want him on my team because of what you talked about, him knocking guys out, and also just how aggressive he he plays the run. He, he's able to get there uh, at the right spot, at the, you know, the contact point, and not over-pursue. So he's making sound impactful tackles the coverage part of things is where he has to get better your number one ranked combo safety by the way lewis seen got a 79 i should be giving out emory's grades on these guys um your combo safety is a guy that a lot of people like i talked to greg cosell already this morning on the ross tucker football podcast he really likes this guy and it feels like people this is the kind of safety they want and that's Dax Hill from Michigan. Yeah, he's someone that uh, in a combo safety is someone that can play either safety spot. They could play corner. You could play in the slot. These guys in the CFL would be called defensive halfbacks, right? You know, uh, guys that kind of do a little bit of everything in the secondary. And Dax Hill is someone that can do that for NFL teams. Some teams may view him as a corner. Some may view him as a safety, a slot corner. But you want him in the secondary. And I think he could, he's versatile enough to play any type of coverage. You know, he could be a cover two corner. He could be a slot guy. He could be a deep third guy. He could be a split safety guy. He is fantastic all the way around. Sound tackler, does a great job uh, in run support. and has good overall ball skills. I feel like people are surprised with his versatility because he's, you know, not the biggest guy, so to speak. But he's definitely someone that can hold his own in coverage. So you can trust him uh, out there on the field, in coverage, while also still being strong versus the run. Because a lot of times you put a corner in there, you worry about their run support. But with Hill, you can kick him inside, and he can still cover, but also keep you honest and and, and very good versus the run. Uh, last guy I wanted to ask you about, because I've watched him a lot the last couple of years, curious where he fits in, free safety, strong safety, combo safety. I saw Jaquan Brisker for Penn State. He made a lot of plays. I mean, he made a lot of plays the last couple of years. Really enjoyed watching him play. Where does he fit in for you? What kind of grade do you have on him? He's my number 10 combo safety. I'm looking at it now, 75.5 grade. Um, good all-around football player that can play either safety spot within the defense. I have that written down. Um, he closed on the ball well. He makes a lot of plays like you talked about. I think his eyes get a little bit influenced. Um, so he tends to be that one to take the cheese a little bit. And I, I was shocked that he's not, you know, as explosive as I as I thought. And, and that showed up on film where, like, man, I thought you was going to be able to make that play. It just doesn't have that that top-tier burst and explosiveness that you want to see. But good overall football player that can be a, a solid, you know, piece in your secondary easily. So speaking of a good piece in your secondary – not a great transition by me. Uh, 
Get a story for your wife or your mom. Myfrontpagestory.com. I tried every Usually I you're tried. on point, Ross. Usually you're on point with the transmission. I tried. Listen, <laughs> it's the best Mother's Day gift ever, okay? Make up for my terrible second, my terrible segue, secondary segue. It's a good piece in your gift arsenal, okay? That's what I was trying to say. So here's what everybody needs to do right now. Go to footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide. Make all your wildest dreams come true. Then go to myfrontpagestory.com and make your mom or your wife's wildest dreams come true if she's a mom. Probably don't get your wife a Mother's Day gift if she's not actually a mom. That would be weird. She'd be like, what's going on here? So just get the mom in your life. A story from myfrontpagestory.com. Cannot wait to go over the draft with Emery starting next week. Get the draft guide and get fired up for our breakdown series coming up in May. Uh, The keg is kicked. I'm all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109 with it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 